0: How are you, Barry? No, I'm really, really good, thanks. It's I actually love this time of the year. I think it's fantastic. But today I did a lot of walking around and I just felt the heat, you know, how it is as you get past a certain age, Gary. Yeah,
1: certainly, mate. We're on par there. Between us, I worked out we've got 130 years of knowledge. Do we? Yes, so someone might be tuned in and listen to us because we've got a lot to say today. Or
0: maybe we just talk to each other.
1: (laughs) Like we normally do. Now, normally I've got some notes here and we start bouncing off each other, but there's nothing here about Windsor Bridge now. I come through on about Tuesday, about 1 o'clock, and I could, thought I seen your Melon, on the other side of the bridge there with a few other dignitaries, and the cameras were rolling. What was that about?
0: Oh, you did, Gary.
1: I yeah. did. Yeah. I certainly. I'm the one that yelled out, "Save Windsor Bridge." Oh, it- <laughs> that would you. Yeah,
0: I heard that. Yeah, actually, that was Monday, I think. Had, Monday. Yeah, I we lost had the Jody McKay, the leader of the state opposition, out here. Right. And another member of Parliament, Kate Washington, they came out. Um, Jody's been with us on this campaign all the way through, and. She's just trying to put pressure on the state government as in a last-ditch minute, a last ditch effort to get them to stop demolishing the bridge. So she came out to publicise that and to get another look at what's going on so she could go in and put that to the government. The defenders of Thompson Square were there and they gave her all the details about the engineering reports that they'd received and the fact that none of the engineering reports that the government seems to be quoting, none of them say the bridge needs to be demolished. In fact, some of their reports say it would be a good thing to keep the bridge. So we're trying to track down what evidence they use to to justify demolishing that bridge. Uh,
1: well, it'll, it'll probably come out in the wash, but there's a lot of angry people out there, and, you know, I'm one of them. And just to, the, the thought of not, that bridge not being there, after I've been going over that bridge for over 45 years, um, thought of it not being there, and just what a waste of heritage.
0: Total waste, yes, and... Uh, A lot of local businesses have come forward lately and said that they would love that bridge to stay because they can Mm -hmm. see the economic potential of linking the two sides of the river, having like stalls and things on the bridge. and starting here in the
1: mall, heading right down over that bridge. Yep. And I tell you, a mate of mine, Wayne Edwards owns old Francisco's, the restaurant on the other side, mm. the old fish and chips. Yeah. The old mate of mine, he's owned about every pub and club in the Hawkesbury for 40 years. And, and that would have been a world-beater for him because everyone, <laughs> all the, the,
0: that bridge leads virtually straight to his cafe. Yeah, but, well, yeah businesses would have done well, but it's, oh. it's a fact that the, the community, um, the, the tourists would have come because they would have used it as a link across the river. And... um business would f- thrive from the extra tourists and the state government seems to have noticed this in other parts like they kept the bridge at nara and they they built a whole new pedestrian bridge at penrith cost millions of dollars yeah. and here's one that's already in place and would serve the community very well and local business and they're just intent on tearing it down and they just don't they can't justify it in my my book yeah. You, you know what, Barry? It's going to come out in the wash in the years to come.
1: I have a conspiracy uh, a conspiracy theory about this, that sand is involved here, that they hand out licences up Freeman's Reach to bring sand and they can't bring it across old Windsor Bridge with all these, um, you know, 60, 70 tonne of double bees thundering across that bridge won't take it. The new bridge certainly can. So, okay, watch this spot, that the sand licence be handed out. They've already bought some up at Freeman's Reach and the sand will come thundering across that bridge. It's all about money for this state government. Gladys perajickling vote with your feet, people. V- vote them out in, new- in, in the Hawkesbury. They don't deserve our vote because they're not listening to us. It's all about the bottom line with this government, New South Wales government, over this bridge. So come election time, let, let them know, and mark my words, give it a year or two, you'll see double bees of sand thundering over that new bridge.
0: I challenged Robin Preston to go to the people. I said, you know, when the new bridge was being promoted, there there were flyers and brochures put out and talk about the new bridge, lots of conversation about the new bridge. Yeah. And somewhere in the back of there, you know, in one or two lines, it sort of says, and by the way, we will demolish the old bridge. We never really had a big discussion about the old bridge. It was hidden away in the back. Yeah. And I'm getting from people now that they supported the new bridge but they never knew that that meant the old bridge was coming down and they don't want it to come down. I challenged her, I said, go to the people and ask her. Yeah, oh, for sure. And she refused and so council's put up on the face- our Facebook page on um, just this week a survey and if you don't want the bridge to go down, if you if you want to say yes, I want to save the Windsor Bridge, you go on there and click yes. So we're trying to do a last-minute survey so I can show Robin Preston the people don't want to lose that bridge. So please go onto our Facebook page and look for that survey and all you've got to do is click yes. Now, I know there's no filters on that and so a lot, of, a lot of unscrupulous people could get on there and click no 500 times, you know, but I'm asking people to be genuine. If you want to save the bridge, then go on there and click yes and then I can say to Robin Preston, look, this is what people want. You need to stop and listen. Well, mate, they're not listening, and they won't listen because I told
1: you about that theory. And and I'll admit if I'm wrong, uh, there's an airport going out of Badgeries Creek, right? And there and sand's in. You know what's in demand these days? China. You know they take it everywhere they can get it. They ever trying to get fine sand, they take it. They ship it in in truck load, Well, shiploads because they need to build China. Australia. You know there's only certain you can't use sea sand. There's only certain river sands that you can use in concrete. Uh, I had a talk a mate, he's a concreter, and they don't use, they don't put normal sand in concrete anymore. It's all recycled. Mm-hmm. That's why you get a situation where a lot of slabs and houses and that, it's all cracking because it's all recycled stuff. It's not done properly. Basri's Creek is going to use millions of tonnes of sand. That's what they need, and this is where it's going to come from.
0: Well, with the sand over there in Richmond Olands, I think, is something like 100 feet deep. There's a supply there that would last for many years and um, I've heard the same rumours that the government's got its eyes on it. Oh, for sure. So I I wouldn't be surprised either. I, I don't know that you're correct. I haven't had any evidence but I... It seems to make a lot of sense.
1: Makes a lot of sense. They gotta find some Badgery Creek.
0: Imagine just a strip, an airstrip,
1: how many millions of tons of sand gotta go into the concrete to build an airstrip. Yeah. That is you know, it's gonna take them what five, six years just to build. You can only imagine the concrete that's got to go into that place. Yes, yes. They've got to get it from somewhere. They can't get it off the beach. They can't go up in the sand hills. That sand's no good. Mm. They need that sand. And when a couple of years when they start rolling across that bridge, we'll look back, Barry, and we'll say, ah. That's why they're not listening to us. Yes, they don't give a crap. And there goes our heritage. There goes our heritage. 1875, 74, I believe. 74. I remember that because I go past it every and day. I was, I've got to remember that mm. um, because I was um, 20 in 74.
0: That might be the premier on the line
1: now. <laughs> that might be Gladys. Radio Barry. Under uh, the next one. We'll, we'll just calm down a bit. I'll just turn the air conditioner uh, on a cooler. Uh, emergency Preparedness Week, right? We're talking about
0: fires here? Uh, fires and floods and all kinds of emergencies. Yeah. So it's this is an, an emergency preparedness week and it's um, a statewide thing and we're involved in it at the council. And the Red Cross is also involved in it and they've they've produced an app saying uh, showing you how to get pre- prepared. So um, you, you can go to the – just go on to Google or whatever and – have a look at get prepared or on your phone go to the apps and get the get prepared app and it shows you some ideas of how to be prepared for um emergency situations oh okay yeah not a problem we also um have um the at the rfs stations there's a a kit you can get about being prepared for uh fires and um so if you, this weekend is like an open house at most of the uh, RFS um, sheds. So if you go in there this weekend and ask for your copy of that emergency kit, they'll give you one of those as well. Right. Oh, that's got to be good.
1: Um, yeah, yeah, Peppercorn stuff, they're, they're all through their support as well, are they? Is that part of
0: that? Yeah. Um, if you need any help with your plan, you know, your emergency plan, Peppercorn Services will support you. Uh, so you can produce your own ready plan, you contact Pepper, Peppercorn Ser- Services on 45870222 and book in a session and they'll, they'll work with you. Or if you want to find out more, once again, you go to Your Hawkesbury, Your Say site, which is dot yoursaycomau forward slash week. Or just, as I said, just Google in your Hawkesbury, your say, and it'll come up. For those
1: who just tuned in, we're with our Mayor, Barry Calvert, and uh, we just had uh, one caller was quite persistent to get through. I'm not sure he's even listened, Barry. But uh, he said you won't get rid of the the, uh, the Liberal government over this matter, even though he's probably a Labor voter. Um, well, I would beg the diff, do you think, Barry? You know, it's well, I just touching back on that for a sec.
0: Yeah, I think the uh, local a lot of people members upset. made a big mistake with this one. I'm a lot of people I've been talking to, uh, I had a lady ring me just a couple of days ago and she said, I've always voted Liberal my whole life. Right. I'm not voting for them anymore after this. Over the bridge? Yes. So um, it'd be interesting. They've under- underestimated
1: the, yeah. the, uh, the anger of the local community who live here yep. over this bridge, my God. Yep. And so who was there with you when I yelled out, save the bridge on Monday?
0: <laughs> <laughs> um, my fellow councillor, Amanda Cotlash, um, people from the Gazette... Um, Jody Mackay, as I said, and Kate Washington from members of Parliament, and Peter Primrose, a member of the Upper House, um, uh, and a lot of press people from Sydney who were there with Jody. um, Right. Plus the defenders of Thompson Square and some members of public. They Jody went to the museum to sign the um, petition and ring the bell. Ring the bell. And then we walked out the back to look at the bridge. uh, So it was. um, a few other people there, uh, local residents. Yes, I um, can't remember all their names, but that's who was there. Yeah.
1: Yep. Yeah. Well, it's, uh, well, you know, on the same note, you're talking about press people, and that um, the you've heard me talk about the proposed industrial-sized crusher going in Ebenezer. Yeah. Which will des- destroy Ebenezer as we know it, uh, the sanctity and the bird life out there. Um, apparently, uh, we, well, someone's pulled a few strings, and we've got Ray Hadley. Ray Hadley is on board. Oh, good. Um, and he's going to – he's getting – apparently, I tr- heard a little bit of it last night, but on his show, he's getting stuck into him over it. And, um, well, you know, when he sk- when he comes into it, you know, the dynamics change a little bit and the sort of, you know, government is prick or the people involved in, in, in maybe passing this industrial-sized crusher in the middle of Ebenezer, which is about a three-kilometre circumference with a school – uh, wouldn't even be um, probably eight hundred metres as the crow flies. If that uh, industrial-sized crusher coming in, um, industrial waste coming in, houses, uh, Abraham family uh, involved. Anything could go into it. Uh, what's going into the air? You know, you you, uh, you you won't know what's going into the air, the runoff, all that sort of thing. We're not going to take any chance. We don't want it here, and and uh, whoever uh, signs off, and it's going to be in a bit of trouble.
0: Well, I hope hope Ray Hadley. Um, points his eye in the right direction. It, it's not council that's putting this through. That's right. We... Council have clearly said that they're against it. It goes to the panel.
1: It goes to this panel. When, when did we know, Barry? Would it, does it take months to sign off or in a good time?
0: It takes months. Takes months. Um, both sides have got to gather their evidence, so to speak, and put a case forward and then the evidence is sent into the panel. Panel looks at it and then witnesses are called in to speak at the panel. That whole process, it's like a yeah, call Yeah, my
1: Yeah, my neighbour, there was a couple there, you know, you really put up a, you know, you can't say, oh, you, you, you know, you've got to state facts. You can't say, well, you know, like, you gotta it's got to be like straight it. black and white. Yeah, yeah
0: you've got to say why it's no good. Yeah. And what laws it breaks and that sort of thing. And that takes time to put your case together.
1: Well, he, he gave me a 30-page dossier. On, he's my neighbour. He, he, yeah. he knows his business because he'll be impacted as well. Yeah,
0: yeah. No, well, I, if I hear anything,
1: I'll let you know. But. Certainly. Well, I, we'd certainly appreciate that. And, and we wish we had Ray Hadley <laughs> when they, well, earlier days, about the bridge. We might have got something done. Well, I'm sure
0: he was approached back in the old days. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. Maybe he didn't
1: hear it properly. Who knows? righty yeah, moving on. Works in kind policy draft.
0: What's that about, Mary? Well, that that's the policy we're working on because when you're sort of building something like building a shopping centre or whatever, you're supposed to pay um, like a uh, contribution to the council. Well, instead of paying money, you can actually pay by works in kind. So <clears throat> you could, for example, say I will fix up the road outside my place for 200 metres or I will picks up the drains or I'll do something. So you, you do those works in kind and it, it's counted as a contribution. Um, now, that that has to have a policy so that everyone knows how it all works and we're rewriting our policy and and it's on exhibition at the moment. If you want to have an input, right. you go to your Hawkesbury, your say. It closes on the 28th of September. So mostly it'll be people who, who you would call developers, I suppose, who would be the ones looking at this, but... Um, members of the public are welcome to, to get into it as well. Right, the Assessment Act of 1979. Yes. Right, uh, free remote area recycling collection events. Um, I spoke to you last time. We had three of these. We had one at Bilpin, yes. one at Colo Heights, uh, one at um, St Albans. Yeah, how did it go? The, well, the Colo the the Heights and Bilpin one's still coming up. Colo Heights is on the 5th of September. Right. on the 19th. The St Albans one went really well. We had lots of people there. And um, we also had some of our staff there to talk to people about ongoing issues, bushfire recovery issues, flood issues. Mm. And quite a lot of people did. A lot of people are still out there with their issues and we took them all on board. But I think some people are just waiting for someone to ask them and... um, this is an opportunity to go and... Clean out the back shed. Yeah, clean out your back shed, but also tell us about any bushfire recovery uh, issues you've got.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know, the dynamics Mm. have changed after those fires. Like, Mm. um, you know, the silly people can't build their house and that they pay a $10,000 levy to save the koalas or something. All that stupid Mm. political incorrectness happening. Uh, And and more burn-offs in winter. What's your approach to that, Barrett?
0: i i'm I'm a big fan of the hazard reductions yeah but i I think that we need to reconsider how we do them the um the local people had a, a way of doing what's think called cool fires or cold fires or something like that where that they, keep, they they do burn and back the bush but they the fire the flames never get above say knee height right and they manage it across a large area in in patchworks and um the Aboriginal people have been doing this for yes. thousands of years. That's right, and they they manage it very well. And what they did, and uh, I'd like to see us sit down with them and have a a, a much more um, planned approach to hazard reduction. and um, And I'm not criticising what they do because at the moment, the uh, the weather the way it is, the RFS only gets a very small window of time to actually go in and do the hazard reduction. Because, as we were saying at the beginning. Before we we're on here, the winter goes for a long time, and then suddenly it's summer. There's, yes. There's not this time in the middle where you can do much, and suddenly you're looking today, and you think, Yeah, oh, it's a bit hot today to yeah,
1: light a fire. You, you've got the August wind, so you, yeah. you've only got a, a, a window of opportunity, it's it's not small, that big, and yeah. it's
0: getting smaller. I know they're planning to do one in Currajong this weekend. Um, Mountain View Close, I think it is um, Saturday and Sunday. Right, you know, I, I know that uh, if the weather's like it is today, a lot of people are going to s- start complaining about southwesterly
1: like, winds, fifteen to twenty-five k's.
0: I suppose that might come into the. Yeah. So you know they don't have a lot of time to do this, and, and they've got to get as much done as they can in that quick time. So they tend to light rather big fires and hope for the best. <laughs> get as much done as they can. Yeah, but you know I think we need long-term planning, and a few of the RFS people that I've spoken to. Um, including Brian Williams from my local shed at Currajong on Heights he's very keen for us to go down that track and look at other ways of hazard reduction through uh, these cool burnings and I I'm, I'm with him all the way and if we did that on a regular basis it wouldn't be so de- dependent on the weather yeah you right you could do it when it's almost snowing you could do it and you could do it on a day like today <laughs> because you'd never you don't let it get away from you
1: so is anyone sort of engaging with some of the Aboriginal groups to do
0: this? Yes, yes. The yeah. RFS headquarters are doing that. They're having conversations and there's been a few trials, I think, down the south coast somewhere.
1: Right.
0: And maybe another one, at I think it was Port Macquarie, somewhere where they're, they're actually trialling this and they've been trialling it for a while and it seems to work. So um, I, I think we need to have a better look at it because... If you don't do this constantly you get what we got last Christmas you get this build up all ready to go and there's still a big build up out there not mm-hmm. all, not, Perfect all this, storm. not this area not all this area got burnt I was out of Blackson's ridge the other day and a lot of that is still like it was 2 years ago it's yep thick, just wet dry yeah. for somebody to chuck a match or yep so um, having it planned and having and obviously it would take more people more money and I this goes to the state government. They really need to put their hands in their pockets and make this work. After last Christmas, you can't. We can't live with that sort of danger every year. That's, no. People's lives are at stake here. And the other thing that a lot of people don't realise is when those fires came down to Wiseman's Ferry and started coming through Grace Vale, they were about to jump the river. Yeah, they were. And for they sure. would have gone right through the hills. Yeah. Castle Hill, Kellyville, Yeah, they would have gone right down Richmond Road to Blacktown. No one would be untouched. People down there think they're safe, but they're yeah. not. It's just luck so far. Yeah. And so if you can keep the bush areas down, then it protects all those people in Western Sydney, not not just those of us who live in the bush. But a lot of people live around the bush as well. Yeah, well, we hear fifty-five Australian firefighters, the cream
1: probably of some of the states, uh, went to America to fight the Californian fires. So yep. we hope we don't have a little bit of disaster worth the flying back. But uh, we don't mind helping our cousins over there in America because they they California always seems to be fires,
0: you know, like they yeah. covered. Well, someone told me one of the one of their problems is that they put a whole lot of eucalypts in uh, California. Oh.
1: Australian, <laughs> Australian eucalyptus? Australian eucalyptus. <laughs> oh, that's uh, Houston. I don't know how
0: true that is. but I,
1: Well, then you, Australian eucalyptus go all over the world So because they're such a beautiful
0: tree. Yeah, well, they're great, you know, as far as not having to water them and holding the soil together and creating uh, eco-friendly environments for animals and what have you. But they tend to burn quite
1: well. They go up, yeah, eucalyptus, say no more. Yeah, we're not allowed to use it in the sauna. We're at the local up there, up there. You can't throw that in there yeah, because you, yeah. it'll go up real quick.
0: So we had a we had a thank you this morning for um, RFS uh, group captains and a few other people, and we've yep. got another one tonight. We're doing it in two shifts because we're not allowed to have more than 20 or 30 people in a room at any time. All right. And this, okay, this was in lieu of the big parade that we were going to have in Richmond. Council? Um, council was going to have a big mm-hmm. parade. The governor was coming and... Probably, uh, probably the premier or her representative. It was going to be a big thing, yeah. and that was scheduled to happen last April. But then, in March, we got COVID. We put it on hold. It's been on hold ever since for six months. And we thought, well, we can't wait forever. We'll, we'll have a a little thank you ceremony and mm. thank these people and give them uh, yeah give them their certificates, et cetera. But I'm I'm hoping that if next year COVID is not as bad as it is, we might go back and have that. Um, big parade in Richmond uh, at some point, because council wants to thank these people, but also the community wants Oh, for to thank sure, them. for sure, yeah. We want, we want to make that possible. And the other thing we gave them was, at all our events over Christmas and Australia Day, et cetera, we asked people to sign little thank you notes, yeah, right. little messages, and we went to the schools and asked them to do it. So they've got all those messages now, and we put them all in, in a frame, so each... Each of the fire sheds has got a big frame of all these messages. Very interesting to read. Things from school kids about you know you make me feel safe now and oh, that's great, isn't it? And, and, and look, these volunteers, eyes. these guys, you know, they yeah, give up their time yeah. and you name it. Yeah. yeah. So they've got that. and if you happen to be going to a fire shed in the next week or so, have a drop in and have a look at it. It's uh, yeah, it's really good. It's annoying. It just like they're up there with you know all the nurses
1: and doctors and who else is fighting the virus COVID at the moment. But yeah. next year, um, you know they're, talking, they're trying to get Tamworth going up there. You know it brings forty fifty million the country festival in in January. They're trying to see if they can uh, save that, which would be great. No outbreaks up there. You know we need to use a common sense. We got the uh, we got the farmers want to sell their products, so we need you know all these, we need exemptions. You know. People start panicking again if they don't see things on shelves yep. in shops and stuff like that.
0: <clears throat> well, The other thing I should mention is that the Wilberforce uh, Fire Headquarters um, is actually a um, an old council chambers.
1: Yeah, I've seen it. From yeah. the
0: 1910 or 20 or something. And uh, it, when Shane Fitzsimmons came, he described it as... He's a legend. The worst one in the state. Wow, for what they do. Yeah, and, and the work is fantastic, but yeah. the building just... It just doesn't, it's not fit for purpose. No. Nah. So council's been working and I've been working to get to get a proper um, headquarters and I think we're just about to announce that in the next couple of weeks. Oh, that'd be great. And of course the money's coming from the state government mostly and I want to thank Robin Preston for this. She's been really on board with this all the way. Right. <clears throat> and um, Good to see on board with something. <laughs> Sorry, Barry. <laughs> well, I like to give credit where credit's due. Yeah, fair uh, enough. And she's worked with me very, very much on this and she has got a hand in the pocket to get this done and i'm looking forward to having that facility for uh, these local rfs people just to just to demonstrate to them that we we do value what they do and we want to re- reward them and give them a proper place to uh, to do uh, Well this. they
1: were at the wild force the Wombats Woolworths Soccer Club on—they're using their over for months. There, it was yeah. the only time there's three, four, five choppers, trucks, you name it. Yep. So they're utilising where they can and with what they can. So yep. they need to be—they need more, you know, equipment. Yep. Um, let's look after them after that last time.
0: Yep. Well, I can say we will. We are, and the, the there's negotiations, last minute negotiations. I'm expecting an announcement, possibly into this month. Right. And I think most people will be happy with it. Well, that's good. Hmm. Okay.
1: Watch this spot. Um, yep. you'll hear it here. Uh, building Hawkesbury's uh, future projects what's happened there? Barry Freeman's Reach Road.
0: Oh I bring so, it on. I get so many people asking me about Freeman's Reach Road <laughs> that's and, a joke. Look the the Giorgio people who are building the bridge are also building the roundabout. And so it opens
1: up on the seventh I hear
0: I'm not sure.
1: That's um, say straight from the birdie's mouth, is it? yep.
0: Well, I believe you, but it's um,
1: well. Actually, one of the turf growers—they told them. Oh, he would.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you want if you want the truth? You go to the turf growers. <laughs> yeah, he's, well, he's been told yeah. apparently. He's made of mine. <laughs> so uh, we we said, well, if they're going to close the road to do the roundabout, we should do some of our road works down there as well. And and because the road's closed, and now everyone's blaming us for closing the road, but we didn't actually close the road at all. No. It was the bridge that closed? I the know road. we. Caught, I've come through Wilberforce. You can't move there, yeah. you know, between seven and nine. Yeah. So what we did was take advantage of the fact that it's closed to do some of our roadworks. And but as no you say, it should be open again pretty soon. I heard the tenth year there, but I'm not going to argue with the uh, turf with
1: grower. The, with, yeah, with the turf grower, like the seventh. Um, that's well, this Sunday.
0: Yeah,
1: oh, sorry, Monday seventh on Monday. So we'll see what happens.
0: I did drive past two days ago, and it's it close. It looked like it's it just needs it's the actual. Very astral. close. It's all. Mm. Yeah, so that'll be a big change for traffic if you're coming out from Freeman's Reach there. Or Wilberforce. Yeah, if you're coming down from Wilberforce, you know you have got all this traffic coming out on your right. But uh, yeah, we've had this talk. People don't know you don't you don't give way to the right on a, wi- on a roundabout. roundabout. I'm first on there. If
1: you hit me, you're in yeah, trouble. That's right. Because you've got to, you've got to come around that big loop to hit me. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I you remember get, that. You, you give way to traffic that's already on the roundabout. I reckon they should put a camera there. Ah, got you. Here's yeah. proof. But it seems the accepted wisdom is to give way to the right, and that's probably what's going to happen there, and all the people from Wilberforce might find it difficult. They might. But yeah. Of course, there's two, round, there's two lanes, so they could emerge and they sort of fight out who, who gets onto the bridge yeah. first. They already complained to me. They spend an hour every morning looking at the orange spot <laughs> <laughs> from Wilberforce. <laughs> sitting oh, it's in a shocker! Car,
1: yeah, yeah I, yeah, I don't, I don't do that. <laughs>
0: <laughs> so they might have to watch it again. Uh, hopefully, it will solve some traffic problems. But I've said from the beginning, this bridge is never meant to solve traffic problems. It's oh. it's just exactly where the old one was. So how can And it's just two lanes. No one's going to uh, argue with on that one, Barry. Yeah. <laughs> so. I don't want to say I told you so. I hope it works, but you know, no. I
1: doubt it. A lot of people are going to agree, yeah. um, but we know their politics come in there. Sands are a very valuable commodity. Yes. Um, on a footnote, Barry, you haven't heard anything about the Jolly Frog, have you? <laughs> They've only put a wall up. They haven't done a thing this year. It's a uh, bit of a
0: worry. There's been a bit of activity down there. I thought. I'd...
1: Yeah, I haven't seen any. Well, I'm not. I could be wrong. Um, the roof went on. I think the wall went up last year. Then yeah. the roof went on the year before. So I think they procrastinate. There's another conspiracy theory, but okay. that's for another time. Yes. I
0: haven't heard that one, but I <laughs> I must re-emphasise that council does not own that building. It's a private owner, and we work with him to try and get it done, but he's got – I mean, he, he can't just pull money out of his pocket. He's got to get the money. And
1: that's right, out, even so. if he owns 12 pubs. Uh, so anyone else in the Hawkesbury have got, to, have got to build a building, right? Have they got a certain time to build that building?
0: Uh, Well... When you put a DA in, you've got 18 months in which to start. If you don't start, you have to have a new DA in most most cases.
1: Right. There are
0: exceptions. Um, Once you've started, however, you don't have an ending date um, in most cases either. But I think there is some number, and I don't know whether it's three years or something, some number like that, if you haven't made a substantial effort or
1: substantial
0: improvement uh, on the building itself? Yeah. You haven't substantially built what it is you're going to build, then council can come back to you and ask you to give us a timeline of when you're going to finish. So I think we're doing that with Jolly Frog. I think we're asking how's it going, when's it going to be finished. But as a council, our job is not to to sort of uh, bully this guy or pick on him. Our, Our job is to say... Where's the hold-up and how
1: can we help you? Yeah. Because we well, it's such a nice sort coming yeah. to when's the first thing you see all that. We, we don't want
0: it left like that. We want it finished.
1: Yeah, so. yeah. And I've seen the plans. Yeah. Uh, another bird, he's given me the pl- actual plan. It looks great when it's finished. It's another turf grower? <laughs> yeah. Well, he is, actually. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I'm talking to the wrong people.
1: <laughs> you, you are, mate. You know, they're, 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 the, they're the, um, the ground zero people that know everything at the Hawkesbury, especially at his age, I can tell you. So
0: I suppose uh, you could say the grassroots. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's,